is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. You're listening to the Small Council. A Game of Thrones podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back. We're here at the Small Council podcast. I want to thank you for downloading the show. We really appreciate it. Um, we do have a guest today. His name is Matt. Some of you out there, if you are Lost fans, uh, may have interacted with him in some way. Because he has been around since those days. Um, and he uh, still keeps in communicado with Donald. And Donald hooked this up. And then, of course, he can't make the show. Because he's at a bar, probably, right? He's probably out drinking, getting laid. Because that's Donald, man. He's he's a man of the world. So welcome, Matt. Thank you, sir. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. Well, we're we're happy to have you because... It's just you and me, and we're going to get into some awesome feedback. What a fantastic episode. So I would like to know a little bit, um, Matt, what is your experience with Game of Thrones? Well, um, as you mentioned before, you know, I was a huge Lost fan. So Lost kind of ruined me on TV. Uh, after it was over, I stopped watching basically anything. I, I started watching... Hawaii 5.0 a little bit and just because I live in Hawaii and I was kind of interested in the locations and stuff. Um, but it kind of, I just kind of faded away from that. And I pretty much just got into watching shows that had already been over like the wire and Oz and, um, breaking bad and yeah. stuff like that. Quality. But I really, yeah, I mean, good shows, really good shows, but they were missing a little bit of something that Lost had that I really love, which is a uh, really good mythology. You know, mm-hmm. so um, I wanted that deep, that deeper mythology, sort of mysterious, um, sort of mystical quality kind of thing. And um, and Game of Thrones really sort of hit all those notes for me. And not only that, but I mean, the characters are super compelling and I just like the politics of it, too. So that's kind of my history with it. Um, I started watching it from the beginning um, and uh, and I've. I've been as crazy as I was with Lost where like an episode of Lost would come on and and I'd watch it, you know, like every day until the next episode came on again. So, you know, I was like super, super obsessed with with that show. And um, it's the whole reason I even moved out here anyway. So um, but, you know, I'm starting to really get more into Game of Thrones and I um, have I've watched it. I've watched the last episode twice now since it aired. and, um, and then I started listening to your podcast, like a couple of episodes back. So, um, it just sort of got me even more interested in it. So just hearing you guys pass around theories and stuff. So, yeah, well, and then I would, I'd text Donald back yes. and forth about different things too. So, yeah. And he would share them. And that's why I was, you know, we were all kind of like, you got, you should come on the show because I think that you had some really great thoughts, um, that I'm interested in hearing. So, 
you moved to Hawaii because of Lost? Where were you living before? <laughs> I was living in uh, in Southern California, and I was in my last semester at uh, Fullerton College, and I was transferring over to Cal State Fullerton. This was um, fall 2004, so it was right when, when Lost started airing. And um, I didn't catch the first episode, but I remember seeing the billboards all over the place, and I thought it was actually like, a survivor kind of show. Like I thought it was a reality show. I didn't even know it was, it was like a series, you know? And during my break, my winter break, um, I, they were doing like a marathon and I, I, I caught it right when eventually Lily was like in her bikini wringing her, uh, her, her clothes out. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and I was like, Whoa, I was like, what's this? (laughs) And, uh, and yeah, and I, I, I went, I did end up catching up with it and, um, and I think it, at that time, the last episode I saw was where we found out that Locke was in a wheelchair and that just completely blew my mind. And, you know, that show just makes you ask certain questions about life. And I just love the connections that they did in the flashbacks and the way they st- told the story, you know, um, sort of like Pulp Fiction, right? Where they kind of go back and connect things together. And, um, and then I was like, man, you know, I really want to live on an island. Um, but I got to convince my mom to, 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 you know, be okay with that. Cause my mom's super protective and, and I was like, well, all right, well, I'll just, I'll just apply to university of Hawaii and, and that'll be a good enough excuse for her to let me not where, well, you know, I would have gone anyway, but you know, it, she would have freaked out less if she knew I was going for, for school. So, so yeah, I ended up moving out here right at the beginning of season two and, um, I saw the premiere on the beach. So I got to, I got to meet a couple of the actors and, um, and then, yeah, just living out here all the way through, um, that whole series was amazing. And actually, um, well, I graduated and then I got a job as a tour guide, taking people to filming locations for lost. And I did that all the way through season six and then, um, ended up going to like the, their after party, like right after they filmed the last episode and got to meet a bunch of them again. So yeah, man, it's been crazy, a crazy sort of circular journey for me with that show and living out here and stuff. So Yeah, that's awesome. And I mean, it does play into this week's episode of Game of Thrones because, of course, it was directed by Jack Bender, who was, who was the Lost director. The Lost director, yeah. the I, executive producer. Yes, ex- I mean, thank he, you. Thank you. Because that's kind of been annoying me because a lot of people will say on different podcasts – who I think should know better, um, that he was also an executive producer. He was the direct. I mean, he uh, in a lot of shows, the pilot sets the tone for really how the show is going to look and feel the rest of the time. But Lost is that rare exception where the pilot was so amazing, but really it was Jack Bender who set the tone for how the show was going to be shot, the transitions from like handheld to wide shot. It's, you know, he was really, he's really a very high quality director. And I think a lot of people expected him to go into features after Lost was over. I heard a lot of people and people would say stuff like that, but. I mean, TV, it doesn't matter these days, you, you, especially with a game, uh, show like Game of Thrones. You can get a lot of freedom to uh, be a great director. And this episode was so – it brought that didn't, – didn't you feel that way? This was like one of the first episodes of Game of Thrones. If I had not known that Jack Bender directed this, I would have said 
that a show hasn't made me feel that way since Lost. Absolutely. Um, and actually, I didn't even know it was him that directed it until oh. I heard it, you say it on the podcast. And I went back. I'm like, what? Crazy. And I know he's directing the next episode, too. So, um, yeah, it totally made me feel like that, especially with the Hordor thing and, you know, the the. Well, I don't know if you want to call it time travel. I'm still trying to figure out what that was, but it definitely had a Lost feel to it for sure. Yeah. Jack Bender's a brilliant director. He directed all the best episodes of Lost. I'm pretty sure he did The Constant, he which did. was one of my favorite episodes ever. Yes. Um, and then the other director, there was another director on Lost who was one of my favorites too. Um, God, I can't remember his name. If I think of it all, I'll mention him, but uh, – yeah, I mean, Jack Mender did he did an incredible job, and he basically ran the show out here. I mean, him and him and a, another directors or a executive producer, um, and uh, they they basically you know because it's in Hawaii, it's they basically right. bounce notes off with the writers in in L.A. So yep. yeah, um, yeah, he did a great job. Yeah, that's true, Damon and, and I met him LA. too. Yeah, I had I had an opportunity to meet him. They were filming in the last season, and I was wearing a shirt that said "Not Penny's Boat." And he called me out and and called me over to him, and I talked to him for a little bit and got a picture with him. Cool. That was a really really cool moment for me because I, I I was familiar with him, and you know, of course, for the show. So yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And he really brought it in this episode because I really, it's that I've been trying to think about what what that even is and it's that kind of like mind expansion at the same time that you're also it's like the microcosm and the macrocosm in one scene and these people the emotion that comes through just brings it home because you have that microcosm of just this guy hodor and this sad story about a, a, you know, a fucked up kid who, who is brain damaged, you know? Yep. And that's, that is that kind of simplicity. But then that macrocosm of Bran is green seeing through space and time to, you know, to scramble egg his brain. And that's what caused this. And it's just, and it's also like the constant where you had a communication between space and time, but that also had to do with all this other stuff about the island. You know what I mean? But it was really about their love, you know? Yeah. And, and just simple human communication, how just talking to someone can mean so much, you know, just that simple act. And, um, you know, it was just, it, it, he really, I'm, I'm glad, um, that he was, uh, that he's directing the next episode. It's funny cause, uh, a hustler out there, probably not listening, but maybe he is, um, with before the season started, all he would say to me is, yo, Jack Bender's directing a couple episodes, man. Those are going to be the best episodes. Like he was <laughs> all over it. He was like, Jack Bender's directing. And I was like, dude, how do you even? That dude like never looks at anything on the internet, doesn't know nothing. And then all of a sudden he breaks out and he knows what director is going to be. He's like, I read stuff. Um, <laughs> all right. Anyway, well, that's a good that's a good chat. And so you have not read the books, correct? I haven't. I'm actually um, I'm finishing up Stephen King's Dark Tower series right now, and then I'm gonna the the Game of Thrones are next on my list. 
I think okay. I'm probably going to wait until this season's over before I delve into it. Cause I don't want to fry my brain on getting okay. confused to characters and stuff. But, um, so yeah, I'm, I haven't read the books yet, but they're, they're in line. So how, how spoiled are you, um, book wise? Um, I don't, I don't care about what people say about the books. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I don't take it as a spoiler cause I, I view them. Well, I mean, I really kind of view them in two different mediums. You know, but, I, I was but, like, I was, but if you oh, know that if you had the choice of knowing, okay, this storyline went this way, have you defer? I mean, cause you say it's not a spoiler, but I understand your point, but it still could spoil elements of what is to come on the show. Yeah. But I mean, they pretty much caught up with the books already and now they're, they're off on their own journey now. You know what I mean? So, okay, I mean, okay. is there anything in the books that hasn't been covered already? Yeah, there is. I mean, There's the lady some... Stoneheart or whatever her name is, oh, they haven't had her on the show. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Do you even know what that is? <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. I do. I do. <laughs> yeah. So but that, uh, some I, people would consider that to be a spoiler. We won't yeah, get into it. We so won't I talk about cut that it then. out, but okay. No, but... So, so this is a spoiler free show then. Well, yeah, we, well, that's one thing that I wanted to bring up because that's a discussion that I was, and, and I hope that maybe we can have this discussion with the guys a bit too on Sunday, which is I've been thinking more and more about that. And the one thing we have said on this show is that we do not think that the R plus L equals J theory is a, <laughs> is a show spoiler. We do not, yeah. because the show, in my humble opinion, and everyone has agreed with me, the show has shown us enough. We do watch this show like we watched Lost. Like I pick up on, you know what I mean? So I picked up on that before I even knew what the theory was. In fact, I found out about the theory because that's what I had thought. You know? And it can, yeah. the theory confirmed that other people thought the same thing that had read the book, even though they had been thinking it for 20 years. Yeah. So yeah. we can talk about that. But I do want to try to limit – we do want to try to limit anything else like where people might be going and things like that as far God. as we go uh, further. But it's good to know because I didn't know I didn't know if you were a book reader or not at all. So I am a book reader. Yeah, I just haven't caught up with that. But you know, as far as the book goes, like I couldn't spoil anybody on that. I mean I, I don't really yeah. know much about it because I haven't read it. So cool. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, let's, jump, let's jump right in. Um, I'm going to open up an email here that we got from Jim from Canada. Uh, what a great episode had me feeling a lot of emotions. Easily one of my top three episodes ever, if not my top uno. Wow. All right. Some moments. Summer is dead. Winter is coming. I liked that. A lot of people picked up on that this week. Did you pick up on that? Uh no, I didn't. That I since did not summer that. the since the dire wolf named Summer is dead, like oh, winter is finally yeah. coming. Wow. You know, that was a pretty yep. cool metaphor. Like, let's see how true that is though. Because if there's one thing we know about Game of Thrones is that winter's always fucking coming. It's yep. been coming for twenty <laughs> years. <laughs> I'm too I'm come already, winter. Uh <laughs> let's see. Bran hodoring Hodor, so he hodors his whole life. Oh, sweet. Jorah <laughs> and his inevitable death? I don't know about that. What do you think about Jorah? I don't think we've seen the last of him. You know what? I mean, on this show, when we see the last of people, it's when they die, except for Jon Snow, of course. 
but there's no way that that this is the last time we see him. You know, he's he's been too important of a character, and I think his uh, his role is is important in the end. You know what I mean? Actually, you know what? One thing I think about him is his situation. Um, you know that he's in right now with this infection that he's got. You know. Um, I think it's the perfect excuse to explore the history of Valeria because we really don't know yes. what happened there. You know what I mean? Like, definitely, it's perfect because I and I want to know. I don't want to just know that it's just uh, you know there was some cataclysm or some crazy thing that happened, but we don't know what it is. Like, I want to. I want them to get into that history. That's yeah. really fascinating to me. I I'm so glad you brought that up, brother. See, I knew there was a reason Donald said you should come on the podcast. <laughs> I knew yeah. it. I knew it. See, I wasn't sure up to that point, and we had gone like 20 minutes already. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I'll explain. Uh, yeah. No, I love that you brought that up. Yeah, because I forgot to bring that up. You know, we always record the podcast like right after the episode, and we're all kind of like hyped. And then we just get like more tired. Like you can hear some of us falling out because it's late <laughs> at night. You know, we're all yep. in weird different time zones. We were going to do a podcast tonight. You're in Hawaii. I'm in Oregon. And Mike was going to do it. He couldn't make it, but he's going to be in New York. So it's like we're all three hours away. That was, I was just going to ask you about that. So yeah, it airs at three o'clock here. And I, I actually watch it through the HBO Now app. And yeah. Then, or. And then, uh, so do you guys just watch the episode and then immediately after it's over, you start recording, you connect up together or what? How does that work? Yes. So the episode airs simultaneously across America. It's just in yep. a different time. So I just watch it on HBO East. So I get HBO East, HBO West, like a lot. Okay. Anything that's on cable um, airs simultaneously and mo and anything that's on networks airs delayed. So do you guys all watch it at the same time then? Yeah. Or? yeah. We all watch yeah, it at I the same you. time. Yep. I got you. And we all, it's just different times. Like for me, it's like nine o'clock, you know what I mean? But for like yep. Mike and DJ, it's like midnight, you know, Donald <laughs> it's 11 Heath it's nine. So it's yeah. kind of funny. Uh, but anyway, I did want to get into that. Yeah, Jorah, I think that would be great because why wouldn't he return back there to seek its what it is to find its cure, especially when what's his fear in returning there? He might have to battle those dudes, but it doesn't matter if they touch him. He's already fucked. Yep. And you know what? One one thing I kind of thought about, too, is what if those stone men, what if there's more past them? You know what I mean? What if there's sort of yeah. like a guard of that place and there's, there's actually people still living there, like some right. secret society or something like a maester, and, like a maester yeah. of old Valeria or something who looks yep. over it and then could also impart. Cause I've always, you know, we've talked about that on the podcast for a couple of years now, which is that we always thought someone from there would appear to explain to Danny her real history and like what power she has or, you know, so maybe he gets that information because he's already connected to her. Then he can relate that back to her. And I still think that she's going to heal him. He would never let her touch him to, to even see if that theory is going to work. That's you know why what I mean? It's such a great <laughs> theory, right? Yeah. Because totally. that would have to be his proof that she loves him. I'm curious though, because I know um, I, I read that Ian McShane is going to be on the show. And do you know what his role is going to be? Or nope, I have no idea. 
I'm curious. Yeah. I wonder if that's I don't it. know. That would I be don't, awesome. Yeah, I don't I have no idea, man. I have no idea. Oh, if he could somehow pop up and he is gonna pop up in this series at some yeah. point. So No, but I mean if he I could have something know. to do with Jory, you mean? Maybe. At oh. first I thought he was playing uh um Sam's father, but that's played by somebody else. So Yeah. Um yeah. I don't know when he's popping up at some at some point and you know he said his role is important, so we'll see. Cool, man. That would be awesome. Yeah, so Jora. Uh Arya's reaction to that play. Yeah, um that was a really cool play. I, I, I listened to your guys' podcast and I kind of had the same reaction as Donald. I, I, I really enjoyed that. Um and I'm curious about who it was that paid them, you know, to kill that actress. Was it was it that other actress that was jealous? Was it Cersei? Because she's got her little uh, her little birds all over the place. She said earlier in the season that you know anybody that says anything bad about me, they're gonna they're gonna feel my pain. So was it her that did it? You know, I, I'm not sure, but I did like the play, and you could see. I'm really curious about Arya. Like, you know, I feel like the logical conclusion to her is that they're gonna have her kill somebody that she cares about, or they're they're gonna that that you know, that number is going to come up at some point and she's going to have to decide if she wants to do that, you know? Yeah. I, well, I think that that, so I think that the, I agree with you. I mean, the prevailing theory is that somehow she's got to leave here, right? Like yep. I, I, and, and I don't know what, I don't know anything if we're up to her point in the books or anything, I have no idea, but I do uh, so I don't think that's any type of spoilers or anything. As far as I know, I just think that that's what people think because they want her to get out of there. And because I think we're all convinced that she really just wants to learn how to kill the people she wants to kill. Right. So I said the same thing you said, which is that they might, they might send her to kill Jon Snow because he yep. rose again, or they might kill, they might, other people have said, maybe she'll take a face and pretend she's someone else and kill the mountain because the mountain is not only on her list, but also took, took a life away from the God of death by being reborn. Right. 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 Then, right. then other people said, but I'm starting to think that I really like this idea that she sent to kill Cersei by Cersei. And if she finds out that, that, She's going to actually, not only is she not going to kill Cersei, it's a fake Cersei, but also she's going completely against killing Cersei by killing someone else for her, <laughs> you know, and it's against her morals as a Stark. And uh, that's not, she thinks people should die who deserve to die. She's not, she doesn't believe in the God of death. You know, she doesn't think it's a death for a life for a death for a death. You know, she doesn't think that way. It doesn't, the show has not shown us that. So I, I think that if this is the reason why she leaves, it's appropriate enough for me. But I think what happens if she tries to leave, they threatened her, right? Didn't he say in, in one way, a life must be taken? Like, wasn't that a veiled threat to her? that now she's in the big leagues, 
Like that's she, what it sounded like to me. And and all, all I know is if I see her swing that stick one more time, I'm going to start looking the other way because <laughs> I, I I mean I'm getting tired of that man. They really need to start pushing her story forward a no, little it's, bit more. No, it's you know what I mean. That's over with. And he gave her yeah. this poison, and you know she's going to go kill this person. But what do you? I mean, see, I have had the theory that I think that the faceless men know who she is. They know who John is. They know who the Starks are. They know about the white walkers. They know, they know everything. And I think that they want her. They don't want her to be a faceless man. They know why she's there and they're going to let her leave. But they, they might ha- there might be something held over her, but I could be totally wrong. You know, they could know nothing of the White Walkers and what greater role she might have in this ba- in this greater battle. But I kind of feel that they might and that it might come down to Yak and Hagar just being like, the girl was always Arya Stark. That is OK. You know, like you have a destiny. You know what I'm saying? And like, we'll meet again or some shit. But again, he might say, well, guess what? We're going to kill your ass someday. Yeah, you know, Jockin went from being one of my favorite characters on the show to being one of my least favorite characters. And now I'm 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 with your with your boy Tim, where I, I yeah. think that she's gonna kill him with with needle. You know, she, that thing is still out there. She didn't throw it into the ocean. You know what I mean? So I don't think we've seen the last of that. Well, uh, yeah, you know, I've heard people say that that she's gonna kill the waif and Jackin, but I don't know, man. I, I don't. Maybe I just kind of dig it. I I like the I like certain aspects of this these faceless men and I thought that their origin story about being the slaves and that they founded the city, right? Yeah. And um I I think we might have an we might have had a Twitter an email about someone bringing up the fact of how they might be tied into the bank and what that might mean about Stannis's default on his and whether or not someone else they'll trying to collect from the Lannisters and what that yep. might have to do with things, you know? Well, the Lannisters, they're basically broke, aren't they? Right. I mean, they're in like yes. a huge amount of debt and, and that bank collects, man. Yeah. So well, they're, they're going to have to answer for it eventually. Yeah, we'll see. All right. So Jim continues. We're still on Jim's email. I like Jim. Jim's just making it succinct. Uh, here we go. Uh, Sansa tells Littlefinger to go finger himself. I like that. It's true. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> in, in his butt. Um, yeah, that was really powerful, man. And I like I like that a lot of people are noticing and in reference to like Matt uh, from podcast Winterfell, who may be watching the series again right now as we speak, as he is, because he's putting it out on Twitter. Hopefully, uh, we might have him come back. Who knows if podcast Winterfell is going to come back to doing the show. Um, I think that would be great. I'd love to have another podcast to listen to, and I'd love to have Matt come on the podcast. But this was really great, the way Sansa got to stand there and say, like, you're saying, oh, he cut me, he did this, but then to say, like, look, no, he raped me, man. He, you know, I can feel it inside. Like, the fact that she got to stand there and say that, I think, was important to people who were watching the show last year who felt like that was nothing more than a plot point. 
I don't think it was a plot point, nothing more than a plot point. I thought it was very powerful, and and, and, and I, I agree with you. I think it makes it even more powerful, and okay. the fact that she made it the fact that she made him say it back to her. Right. I mean, I, I don't agree with Donald where he thinks that this character hasn't grown, man. I mean, come on. You think about where she was in the first season, you know, to compare to where she is now, especially this season. Like, she's definitely more powerful. She's smarter. Um, I don't necessarily agree with her not telling John, but that's a whole different – we don't yeah, need to go into yeah. that right now if you don't want. But – yeah, I mean, I think she's grown incredibly. And by the way, I just got to I just got to say, I saw X-Men Apocalypse and she stole that movie. She really? was great. Awesome. I thought she was I thought she was one of the best characters in that movie. I saw it last night. Cool. So, she's she's doing good things, man. I like the way she's handled this character. She's done a great job. Awesome. Yeah. Um yeah, you know I agree and I think also the perspective to put it in, man, is she is not supposed to be like 30, 40 years old on this show. She's like a little, she's a kid. Yeah. This is the story. You know, when I first started watching Game of Thrones, the two least interesting characters to me were Rob and Sansa because they were the prince and princess. You know what I'm saying? And I knew yep. that the show, I knew that the show was kind of not that kind of show. And I just found him kind of uninteresting, but then I, I, I kind of like what he did with them. And especially with saying, I mean, look for the first whole first couple seasons, all she, uh, or the first whole season, she was just like, I want to be the queen. And she was just a little girl. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, what she's been through in these short years. And I think the show, because she's gotten older so quickly and it takes longer, she looks so much older and you talk about her like she is an adult character, like Littlefinger or something, and she's not. You know? Well, she's, she's been a through kid. a lot. She's yeah. been through more than through most hell. adults have, though. You yeah, know what I mean? Definitely. So yeah. it may I'm sure that whole yes. situation with her her being with Ramsey made her grow like that much quicker. You yeah. know? Yeah. Um so uh Jim also mentions um Reveal of the White Walkers origins, which I want to get to uh, a little later. We can talk about that because I think there's another a couple of series of tweets and emails that talked about that. Um, Tormin and Brienne, we're never going to see it. It's fun. Everybody <laughs> loves this. You you think it's funny too, right? <laughs> I saw some stuff Everybody online, like it. you know, where they did they got the picture of the Titanic. Them standing on yes. the Titanic and they yeah. put their faces on there, yeah, yeah. or the or the uh, Castle Black and Chill memes that they made. It was it was amazing. Yes. the look on his face, man, is classic. I loved it. Yeah, it was great. Um, okay, uh, Jim has some thoughts and theories, and actually, he, I think he did maybe hit us up on um, Twitter as well. But Jim, thanks for that email. You brought up a lot of great points, and we were able to kind of riff on that, which we appreciate. Um, I got another. Let me see. I got. Oh, oh, yo, hold on a second. I got something from this guy Wops Wops or something that Donald. Uh, sent me. All right. <laughs> all right. And then we can get into some of the White Walker stuff. So let's just talk about it, man. Cool, man. All right. All right, bro. Here's my thoughts. I was initially shocked that they revealed how the White Walkers were created. I didn't think they would show that until the last season. I was kind of frustrated that they got into the cave because I really liked that mode of storytelling with the flashbacks. But I remember that there is a tree like that in Winterfell. 
and it makes it all the more important that they get back there. And this, this is, of course, you sent this to Donald before you were going to be on the podcast, and he sent it to me. But that's a great point. Let's talk about that, man. Let's talk about the White Walker stuff. And hey, I want to say this. Let's feel free to talk about any kind of book stuff that you know, because there, I don't consider that stuff to be spoilers as well, because that was more so covered from what book people tell me in the histories and lore that was uh, released on the Blu-rays. And I don't know. I didn't see any of that, man. Okay. Well, do you care if I talk about it? No, it's fine. Okay. So if you're listening to this and you don't want to hear this part, fast forward, I'm not going to tell you anything that um, isn't in the histories and lore or that I heard from a uh, some book people, um, but none of it's TV spoilers is what I'm trying to say. I don't know anything that's going to happen on the show. Okay, so I found that really interesting too. And there was another good podcast I listened to, the uh, His- History of Westeros podcast. And uh, that host guy is really smart. He, know- he knows a lot. He and Matt should talk, have a podcast one time and go like head to head on book knowledge. Um, but anyway, so I thought that there was a different story because in the histories and lore, they they it's like I think even in the book, there's like different stories of who the Night's King is. So what did you think about that reveal as not knowing anything about it, not a book reader? Was it? was it really meaningful to you or like, how did it, how did it hit you here? You said you were surprised by it, but did you like it or what? I did like it. I was surprised that they revealed it so early. And maybe that's just because, you know, in lost, they didn't reveal the whole, you know, Jacob man and black thing until the last season. And then really about their, them as kids until almost the last episode, like the third to last episode. So, uh, you know, um, this is obviously a different show. I just figured that they would wait on the White Walker history or even their genesis till the last season. I'm not, I'm not knocking it at all. I'm super happy that I saw it. Um, and I did think it was really interesting. It, I, I think um, on the last podcast, uh, I don't remember who said this, but they said that, that, that he put obsidian into, into his chest. But I thought it was dragon glass that they put into his chest. Right. So there are um, conflicting uh, – actually, Donald had a tweet about this, and I heard some people on podcasts talk about this. I think like Dragonglass and Obsidian are the same thing. The same thing. But I, um, I didn't – I thought it was different too because I thought Dragonglass had to be created by the fire of dragons and thus was imbued with some kind of magic. Yes, and I, and the, this is the reason why I think it's dragon glass because that's their weakness, right? They're made out of it. They this thing helped create them, so maybe that was sort of a a, a fault, a default way for them to to kill them off if they turned on them. You know what I mean? So I feel like okay. it's dragon glass and, and not just obsidian because obsidian is made by lava. The dragon glass is made by the dragons, so it's definitely different. You know. Yes, well, but I think it also, but I think it also is a difference between what is in real life and what is in the world of Game of Thrones, right? Gotcha. And yep, I think yep. I think that they may call it obsidian slash dragon glass, even right. though because it looks like what is created by lava, but really it's 
Do you know what I mean? Because, but then again, somebody said that, um, you know, even Stannis said that um, his, uh, what what is his? Uh, Dragonstone. Dragonstone is yeah. full of dragon glass. The whole island is yep. full of it, right? Yep. Remember him saying that? So regardless, it did seem like it was this same, whether we call it obsidian or dragon glass, it did seem as though it was a car and it had carvings in it too. If you yeah. look at it, it had all these elaborate carvings in it, like it was ritualized and put into him. But I like that idea you had. And other people have said like, kind of like a kryptonite, but also exactly. like a built in safety. Yep. Like this is what created you. So this can kill you immediately. Exactly. You know, um, do you think that we're going to see why it didn't work at, or who this guy was? Because there are stories, there's conflicting stories in the book yeah, and in these histories and lore too of who he actually is. Like that he was a, a, a Night Watch right, commander right. at some so point. I think was Donald like, told me that. So there's several story, I, uh, and, this, and please better book readers or history and lore watchers uh, feel free to correct me. But I believe it was that he was the 13th um, uh, commander of the Night's Watch. Okay. This is the, the part that doesn't that make sense about because right. didn't they make the Night Watch yes. to, to watch the Night Watch or the, the White Walkers exactly. or keep them from getting past the wall? So how would that even fit? Well, see, this is what I find really interesting. And I think this is uh, something I was explaining to my wife and why I can see why people fall in love with these books. Because I think that the way Railroad tells it is they're from people's point of views. So different people will tell a different story about the <laughs> same thing. Yeah. Right? And certain, like telephone. Yeah. And certain people are unreliable narrators. Most of them turn out to be that way. So you do have a story that's like a puzzle. And, you know, I think that's why people can get attracts people like us who are like that kind of thing, you know, yeah. and, and they've yeah. brought that into the show. But I don't know. I, I should say they brought that into the show, but have they? I mean, they have in certain ways, but I feel like it's more omnipresent in the books. So the story is that, yeah, there was a 13th commander of the Night's Watch and um, I was just listening to this History of Westeros podcast. You should listen to the last, I think it's the book to show one. And they usually don't, they don't go out of their way to spoil things until the end. They'll say, let's talk about what we might think happened. They'll more so give you background on the book stuff. And they're really good about it. Um, but anyway, 13th uh, Lord Commander of the Night's Watch. And supposedly he married what was described as looking like a white or a white walker woman and they had children and he took the castle you know remember the castle that bran met um sam and yep and john was there too right right uh no john john wasn't there You're john talking was about when with, he was with the wildlings at that point Remember they well, they left for the wall. Bran he just saw, they just saw Sam and Gilly. Oh right, okay. And, and uh, Snow they were with Snow was with them. Uh, yeah, uh, not Snow. I always get that wrong. Ghost. Ghost. Ghost yeah. was Ghost. with them. Um, 
that castle, which I can't remember the name of, he supposedly took as his castle and they had like half Z kids. And I don't remember, but he was, I, I don't remember if he was one of the, um, of one of the houses, but I think he may have been a Stark, right? And then there's another story that he was an umber or something like that. I think a hustler was telling me. So I'm glad to not know because, and I'm, I'm not really too mu- doing too much more research into it because when I hear the book people talk about it, they say the same thing I'm saying, which is there's conflicting versions. How could he be the 13th commander of the Night's Watch when the Night's Watch was formed to combat the night, the, the White Walkers? Unless he arose to that position. You know what I mean? But it doesn't it the way I see it from the way the show just presented it is that guy that was stabbed in the chest is the Night King and yes. he's always been the Night King. Yes, right. So that's where I think we have a where the book stuff starts becoming like the supplemental Dharma initiative materials that were released <laughs> for Lost. Yeah, where it's like is it is this canon to the show? No, and I don't think it is, and I think. What And that's why I wanted to talk about it, because I think what we're going to see is a much more streamlined story of who this guy is. And I think he has to have some connection. Like they've always talked about in the show. And you see that like the more northern you get, the more magical you get. Yeah. You know? And yeah. he so he's got to be a Stark or something or they had or he um he was somehow able to create half seas if they're at some point were children or they tried maybe they tried to breed and then stopped or couldn't and that's why they turn craster's kids into white walkers you know yeah yeah um but i i really want to know what the rest of this story is who that guy was did he do this willingly or were they um was he a was he a captured soldier because they said men were destroying that's the vibe i got that he was a captured soldier but it would be surprising if he had done it willingly willingly you know you know but there's always that i always think about in this show that there's that gray you know what i mean like yep. everyone isn't always all good, all on one side so maybe they were working deals with certain people and i think that way about the white walkers too I think I threw out a theory on the last podcast that maybe Littlefinger was working Littlefinger. with White Walker. But I just <laughs> feel like if Craster, we already have seen it, Craster was working with them. Yeah, right? he so, was. So how how did he – that's true, and I, I never thought of it that way. How did he even come up with that deal with them? They must have communicated with him at some point. And that's why I'm like, I want to hear these guys talk, you know? Yeah. They never talk. Yep. They yep. must have talked if, if – how would he just know, you know, that he was supposed to leave these kids in, in these places without communicating with them? Yeah, man. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, look, we're going we're going long here, so um, we'll probably touch on that topic again because we probably have more to say about it. But let's jump into an email from uh, Gina, and um, Gina just wanted to uh, again. Of course, she loved the episode. Uh, Probably the first time Danny had ever had anyone say the words, I love you to her. The call was all about her being moon of his life and it had an impact. That's interesting. I hadn't thought about that. 
Danny may now be a conqueror, but she needs Jorah by her side to help reinforce her humanity. She was lost without him last season, and she knows she needs him by her side to rule the Seven Kingdoms. I do think Jorah will come back when we least expect it. That's interesting. We were thinking of it from the Jorah perspective. She's thinking about it from the Danny perspective. Um, I want to ask you, because I asked the guys, didn't you feel like she just kind of looked different in those scenes and she was holding herself differently? And hearing that from Jorah right after that great uh, triumph she had, um, it seemed like just days or whatever before, that really is kind of touching. I hadn't thought about it that way that she, you know, she hasn't been treated too well by the men. So to have a dude be like, yo, I love you. That is powerful. Well, yeah, I think she made up, uh, brought up a good point, you know, that she, I don't ever recall anybody ever telling them, telling her that they loved her, you know, and maybe that's why she looked different because, uh, that was her reaction to it. You know, she was holding herself a little bit different. Yeah. I don't know. That's a good perspective. All right. Um, she agrees with, uh, talking about some Sansa stuff. Sansa continues to find her inner badass. There was a time I detested Sansa, and now she's grown to be one of my fo- most favorite characters. All along, I felt that Littlefinger sold Sansa to the Boltons like a whore, and good for her to sticking to, for good for her for sticking it to him. Littlefinger actually looked a little bit scared of her and a bit ashamed. But that's probably the most of either emotion we'll ever see from him, at least until the moment before he dies. <laughs> and she He's... adds, let me just say this. She adds, I won't believe the bit about Blackfish retaking River Run until we have another source, and she shouldn't either. I agree with her, and I agree with you guys that he cannot be trusted. He is the most powerful man in this whole story. You know what I mean? He's got his hands in everything and he's, he's, he's good at information and he's, he is a master manipulator. So it's hard to believe anything that he says. Um, and he weaseled his way out of that situation because he easily could have been killed by, you know, Brienne if she had ordered it. Hey, you know what though? It does, it does make for a pretty nice, uh, bow tie that the whore master should get outdone by a little girl, (laughs) you know? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, we'll see. But, yeah, I, I hadn't thought about that, that he was lying about Blackfish. But I've heard that around, and it makes sense to me. I mean, he lies about everything. I just assume everything he says, there's another reason for him saying it. So right. it's not like – usually his information is right, but it's the way he spins it because he's got to be able to – I see, I think he has to be right. Because maybe it's just not, maybe it's just a little bit more dire than he, maybe he didn't give the full picture because it just doesn't seem to me like Littlefinger's the one to tell you something that you could corroborate, you know, especially like, because then what happens the next time he sees Sansa, you know, he has to have her in his plans. I think he's in love with her, you know, and I think he's just so sick that he thinks later she'll understand why she had to sacrifice herself for us you know because i think he's a sicko i don't know you think he's you think he's in love with her oh just because of that whole thing at at uh where the knights of the veil what's that place called where the knights of the veil come from uh the veil the veil yeah 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 so um, that's why they're called of the the veil right knights of the veil (laughs) makes sense (laughs) 
It's been a long day. <laughs> I'm just playing, buddy. <laughs> yeah, so that makes sense because, yeah, he was a little creepy when they were over there. I think that – And he it, kissed her. Yes. Didn't and, he? Yeah. I think, yeah, you know, did. I've been playing around with what what does Littlefinger really want? And in the end, sometimes I start thinking, man, what he really wants is uh, Catelyn Stark and she's dead. So he wants to take Sansa and just – have as much power as he can get, but he's like, really, that is a big part of his plan is to get her. So, and I don't think it's just because she's the heir to Winterfell. I think that's a big part of it, but I think it's also because he is a, he's just like creeper. Number one, man. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, she go, go throws a couple predictions. We'll see Nymeria again in the Riverlands after losing Shaggy Dog in summer. We need a dire wolf win. Um, she won't be alone if she found another wolf to breed with. She could have litters and litters of pups. That would be awesome. Um, so what's her role? Ide- ideally killing a key Lannister. <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, let's see. My money would be on Tommen to finish the Golden Shroud prophecy. Yeah, I don't know, man. Um, let's see. Uh, now, this is something I've heard. Jorah plus Grayscale plus Grayscale Stone Man plus Dragonfire equal Jorah leading a Dragonglass soldier army. Yeah. Oh, I remember why. Because she said it. Uh, just saying it again since the last time I brought it up, I think you misinterpreted Stone Man as being part of the oh, oh my theory of the zombie uh, Kyburn army. Okay. So she wanted to clarify that. That's interesting. We don't know enough about it, so I hope that we're right and he goes and finds out more info, right? That's the way. That's yeah. the way. I'm hoping that they go with it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, oh, well, she throws in with the Night King. Uh, note, the Night King, the first one was supposed to be a Stark. I think even Brandon Stark. Uh, and yes, she put Dragonglass into that guy uh, to turn him. All right. Interesting. So, yeah, people say that. But in the book, you know, you just never know in the books. And that could end up being uh, a spoiler. Uh, you know, I admit that, that, um, you know, it could be that that's like some big reveal. But I also think that if you asked me, that's the exact first thing I'd say. (laughs) Right. I just, I feel like the books are separate. I feel like it's a separate thing and they're going to go in their own way. And and just because it happens a certain way in a book doesn't guarantee it's going to happen that way in the show and vice versa. You know what I mean? No, I agree. I, I totally agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, he very may well be the 13th, you know, Lord Commander of the Wall, but that doesn't mean that's what's going to happen in, in the in well, the see, show. I, you know, you know what I, you know what I'm starting to think, man. And it's more about that unreliable narrator stuff. Yeah, that that's why the book stuff I think is like you know you don't know even if it said something else because people tell stories, and I think that that's what's really going to be interesting about what we find out about why did they build the wall? Maybe they didn't build the wall to keep back the white walkers. You know what I'm saying? Maybe there's another reason they built it. Maybe the white walkers built it to keep out the humans. And they, that's, that's, that would be an interesting way. You know, that's something I was thinking about. Um, and I had said before, like maybe the, the wildlings were like doing incursions 
into their territory. We knew that the wildlings, a lot of them had powers too, right? Warging and they, they were in touch with giants and they had like those thens were like cannibals and they seemed to almost be inhuman in almost some way, you know? Yeah. So I think that who are even the wildlings? I, you know, we've never been told any of this stuff. And even if you, even if it's in that histories and lore and stuff like that, the show is going to represent it in its own special way. Yep. You know? Um, oh, hey, this is a great, uh, some uh, reaction from Roberto Suarez at Porto Geekin on Twitter, uh, our good friend who is a host along with Abe of A Pot of Casts. Here he goes. I think Sansa's reaction to Littlefinger is logical, though flawed. She has been victimized by Ramsay, and she blames Littlefinger for that. She knows that taking the North back would be a lot easier with the Vale fighting for them. But the idea of being indebted to Littlefinger in any way is disgusting and repulsive. And lying to John could be interpreted as her trying to protect him from being manipulated by Littlefinger. What do you think about that? I, I think th- that's a great theory. <laughs> uh, that's what I do. But th- that's what I, I think we kind of thought that too, right? Um, because she was also manipulated by him in the past. I totally agree with that. I thought it made sense that maybe she just didn't tell John because she just didn't want to have anything to do with Littlefinger. She didn't trust him. Yeah. I agree with you, man. I mean, what she probably just doesn't she doesn't want to give him information that you know what i mean that well actually she did give him she did give him the information that little finger gave her so well that's right she that. did pass on see the, and that's the interesting thing isn't it right is yeah. that um well he continues let's see if it has something to do with this so even though under the circumstances turning down Littlefinger's help seems like a poor decision from her perspective as a victimized and broken woman by this man's own doing wanting no association with him is understandable yes but you you bring up a great point matt which is she does associate herself with him because she passes on the information about blackfish yeah but also the other thing is too to me, from from initially, like when she refused his help, the Knights of the Vale are supposed to be just total badasses, right? And I mean, yeah. what's to what's to stop him if they do take Winterfell? What's to stop him from from turning them on on the Starks? You know what I mean? So maybe she saw that and she didn't want to get his help with them. Yeah, yeah. I I, know? I mean, I totally buy that, man. I totally buy that. And, and, and though she was unable to tell Brienne why, um, I still think that it, that's a plausible explanation and it's very confusing. Again, look what she just escaped from. She's doing her best. Let's see. Maybe she'll own up to it. You never know. Yeah. Maybe in the next scene, we're going to see in the next, you know, the scene opens there in the snow and she turns to John and says, John, I lied. I'm sorry. I met with Littlefinger. You know what I mean? Who knows? All right, let's move on to we have some a um, uh, little bit of feedback from Patrick. I think the dwarf hunt for Tyrion will resurface in the next few episodes. The look the slavers gave Tyrion when he told them that he grew richer. He grew up richer than them without slaves. Couldn't have been for nothing. This was from the last episode. How many rich dwarves are there? So I wouldn't be surprised if Cersei got some message of his whereabouts. That's interesting. 
I was, you think that she's still hunting him? Yeah, I don't know, because I had brought it up on a previous episode, so he was picking up on that. I like that. Yeah, they. I mean, I think eventually they're going to have to get back to that storyline, but it's not the most interesting storyline to me right now, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, no, not me either, but I like that out of the blue thing. Thanks, Patrick. I appreciate that. Even though Matt just shit on your nice feedback. Thanks, Matt. I hate you, Patrick. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, here we go. Hey, from a very good friend, Harry Armstrong, uh, a long associate of Mike's going back to the Kansas days. Uh, the door, some feedback on it from her. Arya, is she really no one? I don't think so. Remember, Needle is still hidden. I always forget about that. You, you had mentioned Needle before. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she's always going to be Arya. Uh, Santa, Santa lying to John and not telling him about Littlefinger bothers me. She's setting John up to get hurt by Littlefinger. Yeah, let's this hurt good. We just talked about this because he won't know the backstory if and when Littlefinger goes ahead and joins the war for Winterfell with his army. Good for Brienne for questioning her. I think Sansa, even though she apologized, still doesn't fully support or tr- trust her bastard brother John, just like her mother. I don't see. I don't see why she wouldn't yeah, trust him. Though. I don't know. But man. again, she did do that. So maybe, right. I mean, that just shows that she, she doesn't trust I, him for whatever reason, but I don't understand why. I, you know what? This is confusing because it's this, right? Either she doesn't trust John and also she's kind of making a play. She did say, I am the Stark, right? Yeah. Or she's, she lied because she's actually thinks she's trying to protect him. And I, I side with the latter. I think she, I don't think it's about, so I disagree with you, Carrie. <laughs> Moving on. Euron thinking he, oh, we haven't, see, first person to bring up the Iron Islands. Euron thinking he can claim Danny is ridiculous. Also, how much wood is on the Iron Islands? <laughs> Go home, cut down the trees, and make a fleet of ships. There are not trees on that island. Yeah, I kind of agreed with that. I think uh, this thing, that's the weird part. And also, Right, that he's going to walk over there and say to Danny, I have all these ships. Now, a lot of people have been bringing up a great point. How did he know she didn't have ships? Because he's the one who burnt them. Because it makes no sense wow. that they that the people in Marine would want her uh, ships burnt because they want her to leave. That's true. That's true. Yeah, man, good point. I never thought of that connection. That makes it a little more interesting to me because honestly, I'm – I'm so glad they're fast forwarding this Iron Islands thing. It just it just doesn't do anything for me. So, yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. well, I, I'm I'm kind of on the fence. I don't. You're Ironborn, aren't you? Well, Was no, that you that said that? No, I'm not Ironborn. <laughs> I don't know. I'm definitely not Ironborn. I'm I'm like Couchborn. Um, let's see. Uh, but yeah, I do think the whole Danny thing is. Do you think that Theon and Yara are going to go try to beat him there? That's what everybody seems to think. I think that's a logical conclusion yeah. for them to go that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, I, I, that's one cheesy thing that I hated in that episode was him saying that they're going to build a thousand ships. I mean, really? Yeah, I know. H- how are they going to do that? 
I just thought that just made my heart sink because I was going to be like, come on, man. How many more episodes are we going to have to have of them building ships? Now, yeah. instead of seeing Theon get his wood cut off, they're going to be cutting down trees and building boats and stuff like that. No, we don't need to see that. And if they, I got to say, though, I really like that guy. So I thought I. he did an awesome job. I, he is compelling, man. I, I got to say. You definitely. Know? Most definitely. And also, for those out there who say, it would be ridiculous if Yara went out there and said to Danny, yo, Danny, I want to marry you and let's join up forces together. I, you know what? I don't know, man. I don't see why not. She might not give it a try if she swings <laughs> that way. And from uh, the reason why I say that is because spoiler alert, jump ahead two seconds in the preview for season six, they do show her making out with a girl. So it's not, I'm not saying that that girl's Danny, but I am saying that that did make me think, Hey, look, Danny, Danny has had experience with women before. Remember she, that's how she learned how to please call Drogo. Right. 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 And Danny is also, I mean, she's the mother of dragons, man. You know what I'm saying? She does what she wants to do. Who knows that they don't team up. If the show did that, I think that would be fucking awesome. <laughs> I really I wouldn't think put that'd it past awesome. them. I would Nothing, love it. Nothing's off limits in this show. I wouldn't be surprised they did that. That would be fucking cool. Because also, imagine then, how about she kills Dario? She walks in there and challenges him to a battle and just fucking slays him and is like, what up, Danny? And then takes her back. They go back and we have a whole scene like that. That'd be great. <laughs> okay, anyway. Um, I'm skipping over some Hodor stuff because I, I know we were going to talk about it, but I will get into it. I think yep. Bran worked into the young Hodor and sadly he has known from that moment that he was needing to hold the door and it fucked him up. And that's why the older president Hodor was totally freaking out because he knew that was going to happen. Interesting. Um, you all mentioned that Bran was still out of it when he was being taken out of the tree. I just want to point out that. He was then warged into Hodor, who was pulling Bran. So, yes, he was still out, but not, I don't think, within the tree past. But he was because we saw him. What are they trying to say? That, that Hodor saw his younger self through Bran? Is that what they're saying? No, that he knew. Oh, he knew like, since he was a kid yes, what was going to happen. Yes. He knew that, that it was going to get to this point. But it was almost, but see, I think it was more like more like a thought just beyond his reach. And then I think that's brilliant, dude, yeah. because his, his, his brain was scrambled. Yes. That's the way I see it. You know, he was, I feel like, you know, um, he was trying to Brent, figure it out his whole life, hold the door, hold door. And that's why he would just say, hold door, hold door, hold door. And then you could even see him thinking about a hold door, hold door, hold door. And then finally it dawned on him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he remembered. But it was always there. I definitely feel like, um, you know, that it wasn't, it was a thing that happened where he went back and caused that. He didn't change anything. You know, I, I definitely feel like that. What happened that, happened. It happened. Exactly. What happened happened. He was always supposed to go back and do that. Right. You know? So for people uh, for, uh, to, to throw out a little bit more lost stuff. You know, in Lost, they create the incident that basically creates the circumstances of them creating the incident. Yeah. Right? So, but what they say in the show is what happened, happened. And 
that is a kind of a simple way of putting it, which is that this is you what can't happened. can't change the past. Yes. Even though it doesn't seem to make any sense, Brand never changed the past. This is what always happened. But that yep. does, in fact, open it up for us to see him subsequently make changes to a past that um, – to make changes that we have yet to understand he already made. Do you see what so you're I'm trying saying, to say? Are you saying like, oh, there's going to be more things that he's going to go back and, and cause? I personally, I don't think so. I think the show is going to save that for maybe the end of the show. Or maybe it won't happen again. I don't think it would be a regular occurrence. Meaning I do not believe that we are going to get a scene where John, Sansa, Bran, uh, Davos, you know, everybody's huddled around and Bran goes, look, this is what happened. I went back in time and I was able, I fucked up Hodor. Not only that, but I spoke to dad. He heard me and I, there, I could possibly go back and change things. And then they come up with some elaborate. No, I don't think I so. hope they don't do that. No, like he's not going to purposefully do it. I don't think. But there is a possibility that, again, accidentally, he or someone like him, maybe even, we've seen that the, if the Night's King can reach out and touch him, right, then can the Night, can the Night King Green see? Does he have those powers? Because where did Bran get them from? Where did the Three-Eyed Raven get them from? If humans don't have these powers, but they have to be given to them... Do they also have them because of the children? Did the children do other things to people? Is putting the obsidian into a person turns them into a white walker, but did they put something else into someone else? Did they make Danny? Did they make the, did they make brand? Did they make the third three eyed Raven? Why were they surrounding him? Why were they protecting him? That's what I'm trying to say, man. There's like, there's, there's got to be a deeper thing going on. Um, and whether or not that has to do with people traveling back in time and uh, like brand influencing that or something, maybe I could see that coming in at the end. Do you know what I mean? Like influencing the big picture somehow. Yeah. Um, but. I doubt we're going to find out, for instance, that he was the whispers the Mad King heard or he told Ned to lie and say that he was trying to take the throne or do you know what I mean? Or he yeah. or he made Cat's um, sister crazy enough to want to kill her husband, which sent Ned to the which started the whole thing. I don't know. I don't I don't think we're going to find that, but it's possible. The show has made it so now that it's possible. Yeah. Yeah. What do you, what are some of your thoughts about that? As a lost fan, you must be a fan of time travel and causal loops and, 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 uh, fun things like that, or, you know, a, a break in the space time continuum. I, I understand time travel much better because of lost. You know what I mean? It makes much more sense to me if somebody starts talking about it. I kind of get it right away because of the show and the way that they handled it. 
you know, I don't like the idea of changing the past. I like the I the fact that they go back and they were always the cause. They were supposed to grow up to go back and cause this thing is way more interesting to me. You know what I mean? So I I hope that if he is going back and influencing certain certain events, that it's not any events that we've seen from season one on. That it's stuff way back. You know, like if it happens to be. Right. whispering in the king's ear to make him mad like I, I because then you're going to start explaining those things right why did the king go mad you know then you're going to start going back and it, to sort of bring out more of the deeper history of the show right but that's, that we would that we really wouldn't be able to understand that's true but anyway that's a, right yeah but that's a dangerous way of doing it do you know what i mean like yeah, and, you're going and, down a rabbit hole that's exactly. – yeah, it could cause confusion. I, I understand and that. And we yeah. also don't want to get into uh, midichlorines or – you know no, what I'm saying? No, don't do like, that. Don't explain it. Exactly. I, I, yeah, I hate that. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like this show – and I keep on referencing like Robotech. I don't know if you've ever – do you know Robotech? No, I don't Have think so. Ever, no, okay, no. so in Robotech, which was a – uh, a cartoon series, but was also a series for in, in America. Cause I think in Japan, it was something different, like the Macross saga and all that. Um, there was a book series too in America. And, um, it's basically, it's a story that folds onto itself. So like you're saying, they, they're looking for like this matrix of life. And basically it turns out that it's that, it's the looking for it that thus creates it, but it goes back in time and creates a loop. You know what I'm saying? So it's a much more grand story. Is Game of Thrones going to go that way? Is it going to go the way of uh, the Matrix? You know, has the has the Green Seer, has the Third Eyed Raven done this 50 times before? And this was the one time that he did something different to help Bran get forward. I got you. You know, like, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. You know, people, like we're neat. There's been many Neos before. Right, exactly. This Neo. Yeah. Has there been many brands before? Has it? Is I hope not. That, I don't like that. Has the three eyed Raven like, because if brand could change that past like that, could the three, did the three eyed Raven do it? Did he, did he cause this all by trying did again, did they, did the children of the forest create the white walkers and then they created the things like the three eyed raven, uh, to, to help to bond that connection to humans. And then as a result of that, he created this and reawoke the white walker. Do you see what I'm saying? Like it could really fold onto itself in like a multiverse kind of way. And then you're getting, it's getting out of hand. And then it's like the last season of the flash. I don't know if you watch the flash. I I'm not, I haven't seen okay, that yet. I it, do want to watch it. I heard, I heard this last, it, very last episode was, was really good. Yeah. Well, it just, but it just like gets out of hand and, and it's no longer cool. It's convoluted. Gotcha. So I, I hope that, I hope that brand, I hope that's not what happens. Well, I mean, um, what I'm this, saying is I don't, I don't, I, I'm not saying that I hope that they do it a lot, yeah. but maybe pepper it in every now and then to the reason that I love the way that they did 
they started off the season with him being able to see all these events in the past is because you could see his reaction to it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like I love that the way that they brought the history out by letting him see it unfold. And then you're answering questions that way. You know what I mean? I'm not saying do it all the time, but maybe pepper it in every now and then. Yeah. Well, you okay, know? um, Carrie continues. If, if, uh, okay, you all. Okay. Right. So I do think he, I think, so she continues if Bran can't do it, time travel or green sea by himself, I think he can tap into the past or future through any God's wood, not just that tree. They're all connected. I think that was the last person said that maybe that's why they go to Winterfell. They're called right? weirwoods, right? Weirwoods, Isn't that what they're called? Right, weirwoods. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I th- isn't that, is, I don't know if that's ironwood too. When they say ironwood, is that what they mean? I don't know. Anyway, don't know. she continues. I think the three eyed raven and the children knew what would happen, but, that brand would be touched by the white king and uh she says white but it's like it's night king and they'd be found i think that they also knew that he was the key to defeating them so they accepted that fate see that's where it gets if they knew it was going to happen then it happened before you're talking about the white walkers if they uh, knew it was going to happen no or the children if the children and three-eyed raven knew what was going to happen because you know the way he calmly said to Bran, listen to your friend, Brandon. Yeah. It's like he was telling him, dude, you're going to have to do this. You're going to have to work into Hodor, and I know what's going to happen next, and it's going to be horrible. But he was like telling, this is part of your training. This is what's next. Because there's another theory, right, that Bran is the three-eyed raven. Yeah, I've heard that one before. And that, I've heard that one. And, and that is part of the thing of like, He's been doing this again and again. And finally, for some reason, what it was, we don't yet know. They got through the door. And that was like, that's the, the whole door thing always happened. But every time it happened before they, they burst Hodor didn't hold the door. And this yeah. was the time he did it. And if they reveal that later, that's going to give us the feels. I just hope it's not one of those things where, you know, where Neo went into that room and, and then that guy was, uh, you know, That's talking philosophy mean. with right. him. I don't I want do. that. I, I don't, I don't need a massive download like that, you know? Yes. And we can't, and that's what I'm saying about where they take this. It's, it's a bumpy road. Let's get to, we have, we have some more feedback here. We got, um, uh, let's see. Okay. Okay. Jim, Jim had some thoughts, but we already talked, we already caught, we already hit on them actually. Um, we got another one here from Roberto had another thing you want to say on the red priestess. What if the new red priestess and Melisandre are both right? What if the prince that was promised is John and Danny's child? <laughs> Where does uh, Stannis fit into that though? You know, good point, right? Melisandre doesn't have a good thing, but I think that's an interesting point about these two religions. And like I, I had this big realization on the last podcast that Danny didn't know anything about this, which is true, right? No one has ever said to her, yo, by the way, you've got people all over, but I still think Tyrion mentioned something to her, but I, I don't know. I think that's interesting to see how she's going to react because we were just we were just reminded that her association with this kind of stuff is the sorceress who killed her baby and called Drogo. Yeah, that's true. So she might have a total 
averseness to even wanting to go into that anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Because they're meddling in things that, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't think that she's going to be happy with, I don't think she's going to be very happy when she gets back. Yeah. That's just I don't, two I don't think things. She is. That's two things not to be happy about. Tyrion's yep. deal with the slavers and this and the red priestess. Yeah. Interesting. All right. I don't got- think it's going to be as simple as her just going across the ocean with all these. I mean, these guys have never been on a boat before. I feel like they're going to get sick. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, I mean, that's not anything to I shouldn't laugh at because back in the day, that was a concern, right? That certain. Yep. People were not seafaring people, and when they tried to mount a navy, they were defeated because people were literally sick. They couldn't yep. take it. They couldn't fight. Um, we have an email from uh, Brandon. Uh, left a review for us. Thank you. We appreciate it. A couple of theories. Jack and told Arya that one way or another, a face would be added to the wall when discussing Arya's mission. He says a girl has been given a second chance that will not be a third. This implies that she will either complete the task and the actresses will be added or she will fail and Arya will be killed by the faceless men and her face added to the wall. Uh, I personally think Arya will not exactly fail the mission, but decide not to kill them. This is what we were talking about. This will upset the faceless men and Arya will be forced to escape. The rape, the waif will be responsible for killing Arya, but the waif will fall, fail in capturing her. As a result, Arya indeed escapes with Needle. For failing to capture Arya, the waif will be killed by Jacken, and the waif's face will be added to the wall. This will please the viewers because Arya gets agency outside of the house of black and white, and the hated waif will get her comeuppance. That's interesting. And then they just call it even? <laughs> the faceless men just... I get time travel, but I don't get the whole face thing. That, uh, but that it confuses br- me. That brings up an interesting point. Could Arya trick them into letting her go? By killing someone else or stopping someone from getting killed. You know what I mean? Or I don't know. That's an interesting kind of, I don't know if I agree with this theory, Brandon, but I do agree with the thought process behind it. There could be something else that we're not thinking about. Okay. Number two, only one person that we know has been told the Varys eunuch story, and that's Tyrion. Varys himself told Tyrion about his mutilation. Um, that's true. Perhaps Tyrion uses to advantage in Marine. Tyrion knows that Varys is adverse to blood magic. Oh, that's, I don't know. And he tells that priestess about it, and then she uses that information to manipulate him. Is that what he's saying? Yeah, and that would get Varys to uh, have an allegiance uh, to go along with it, with the Red Priestess. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then he continues, about the Red Priestess, we all know how much they like blood and magic and sacrifice, so who will be the first offering she suggests that has king's blood? Will she, she, this is like sell seashores down by the seashore, uh, seashells. Will she suggest to Danny that they should kill Tyrion as a sacrifice, or better yet, Euron now technically has king's blood. What about his arrival in Marine? Oh, that's interesting. I don't see her going along with anything that that priestess suggests. I think she hates them, honestly. Mm. It's just like you said before. I, I just don't think that she wants anything to do with that kind of sorcery stuff. Yeah, I, I and that's why I like the idea um, uh, of uh, 
maybe her trying to do something like that and Danny squashing it by just killing her. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, or one of the dragons eats her and she's like, you love fire so much burn. <laughs> yeah. You know, I like that. Um, Dave writes in, I have a question and would also like to answer one of the panelists. Okay. Now that the Three-Eyed Raven has been destroyed, do you think this is the end of Bran's magical mystery tour through the history of Westeros? I'm just wondering if we'll see the conclusion of the events of the Tower of Joy before season six. I think we're going to see it because I think that he can do it I like by himself, but I like this theory that he's not quite ready, so he has to find a werewood tree. You know, it's interesting because I feel like he has to find a werewood tree, but he was still he was still connected when his hand was off of that tree, yeah, like when Carrie, they were pulling through that tunnel. Right, right. Carrie brings up a point. His eyes are under when he's controlling Hodor too, but we That's do true. fit. We actually see him. He 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 looks over to Hodor and starts warding into him after they're already out the door. Yeah, yeah. So, but he's still connected. Though. Exactly. That's what I mean. He's still there. Yeah. So is is uh, uh, someone else brought up a point? I think on Twitter or something of like maybe he can't get unconnected. Maybe part oh. of you know we're gonna see because he didn't come stuff. out. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't come off like maybe they pulled the plug instead of turning the off button. You know what I mean? Yes. Like it's that kind of thing, and he's still connected. And yeah, maybe he can't get out of it. That would be interesting. Yeah, imagine if he can't get out of it, and the only—that's why a Huss had the theory that he can't get out of it, so he's stuck in there. So he has to reach out to none other than Benjamin Stark, who is in that scene with Ned and Ned's father. We see Ned and Benjamin hug uh, before. For some, why did we see that? Why did I watched it again? Why did they flash to a young Ned and a young Benjin hugging? And he's going to tell Benjin he needs his help. And that's why Benjin hasn't been around for yep. five seasons. Exactly. I, I was thinking about him because yeah, I definitely want to know what happened to him. They can't. They have to revisit that at some point. You Be, know? Because dude, a Hus goes even farther. That Benjin joined the Night's Watch because of that. That or the circumstances surrounding his joining the Night's Watch, whether he did something wrong, he did it on purpose because basically his entire life he's known since he was a young boy that he has to save his nephew in 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 this greater battle or something. But that's a crazy theory, right? That's an awesome theory. I love it. All right, I'm totally down. I'm totally down with that. All right. Brandon continues, DJ Tim Hines asked why the children of the forest after creating the White Walkers would want to help man. And the answer is that after many years of conflict, okay, this is going the book stuff and the history and lore. The first men and the children came to an understanding and formed what is known as the pack. Thousands of years later, during the long night, the children and the first men fought together against the White Walker, White Walkers in the war for the dawn. And then he provides a link. So in the book, there has been many different battles between um, and then a pact made that I guess formed, made the wall, right? But see, I when I was listening to the History of Westeros podcast, they were talking about the first in the, the, the story is that the, 
The children of the forest lived peacefully with the giants in Westeros. Then came over the first men and started cutting down the weirwood trees, and they got into a big battle. But then they came to a pact, and that pact was that the men would stay in one place, and the giants and the children would stay in another. Then after that, the Andals came. And I, from what I understand, the Andals are related somehow, I think, to the Targaryens. Um, but maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe they're the Starks or something. So the book has all these different thing, all these different theories in it. But I think the show, I don't know if they're just going to simplify it and say, look, they had this battle. They made the White Walkers. Then they must, the children of the forest must have had to join with the humans to stop the White Walkers and build the wall. That's the story we're led to believe, right? If you're following the books, but they haven't touched on that in the show. No, at all. no, no. If they're following the show, that if you're following the show, I think that's what you're led to believe. Why do you think they built the wall? Well, I mean, if you're going off of what the show is, the the wall was built to stop the White Walkers from coming down south. And who built right? the wall? Oh, that's right. That's what the show said. Right? And who built the wall? The, the, you're saying that the giants helped them build the wall? Yeah. I thought that that was in the show. I thought that I someone said that in the show. I don't remember them saying that in the show, but I could be wrong. I okay. mean, I don't know the show. I thought it was offhandedly mentioned. I have to go back and watch again. I'm going to do another rewatch after the well, season's over. Anyway, but. anyway, that's when all of this stuff where I think it's kind of fun because this is what you have. In unreli- unreliable sources <laughs> are informing our unreliable predictions of what may happen in a TV show that is unreliably based on a series of books. <laughs> So let's just go on from there. That's my opinion on all this stuff, which is I think it's really fun to talk about the differences. And and I don't think it's spoilers because I think they're going to they, they're probably going to take stuff like this. But I find it it adds to my enjoyment of the show, because, for instance, they never even built up the character of the, the characters of the children of the forest. We don't know anything about them. So their creation of the White Walkers kind of loses a little bit of of like emotionality or connection to us, you know, because we don't even know who these children are. Yeah. Yep. The only thing they say is that they were here long before men. That's really the only thing we know about their past, aside from what, what they showed us, you know, with them creating the white. Walkers, and I don't so. know. Th- and I don't know that there's much more in the books, you know, I don't know. I don't know. And yeah. I, I, don't, I, I don't know. I don't routinely like I'll listen to some podcasts like that. Um, but I don't like, go like read I'm not going to read the books or like go on the forums and really get that into it because I don't want to be spoiled by other things that may or may not happen on the show because right. they are past some things but other things they're not but the history and lore stuff I kind of trusted because it was included in the blu-rays you know yeah yeah so and it was made really well and I really enjoyed have you, if you haven't watched those you should watch them on YouTube I was just going to say, are they on YouTube? Because if they are, they I'll watch totally them. are, dude. Just And they have them for every season. The White Walker and the Wall stuff, I believe, is was mostly in season one. So you just have to 
YouTube uh, history and lore yep. Blu-ray DVD yep. and it'll come up somewhere. You got I'm going to watch that. You got it. All right. So we've been going a long time, man. Let's, uh, let's check the Twitter. Joe bear. I don't even know where to start or am I crazy? Or was that the craziest episode ever? And by crazy, I mean best. Yeah, that was a man. People loved it. Of course he mentions too, it was direct as we talked about it was directed by Jack Bender Joe Henry comes through it now that summer is dead. Can we say winter is officially here? Yeah, I did not pick that up, man. That's kind of I didn't funny. either. I it's totally awesome. didn't. Uh, Beatrice. So four white walker horsemen, like the horsemen of the apocalypse. Is this, X- <laughs> <laughs> is this X-Men? X-Men? Yeah, is this X-Men yeah. or GOT? But that's something I mentioned too. I said, why is it always four? Like even when some of them die, it's always the Night's King and three others. Right. We never see, where are the rest of them? Where's all Craster's sons? You know what I'm saying? Where the, were other people giving them white walkers where we only see the whites. And then we see the, the white, we only see a couple white walkers. Is there going to be a, a time at which we see the real army? And there's like thousands and thousands of white walkers, not just whites. Yeah, that's a scary proposition. I mean, you you saw how they easily took them out at the Battle of the Hard Home. I mean, and that was oh, – I love that episode so much. Such a great, yeah. great ending. I mean, one of my favorite endings of the entire series. But you saw how easily they took them out. It makes that wall seem very small, you know? Yep, yep, yep. Uh, Tower of Babel on Twitter says, well, one bit the ice dust again this week. How many walkers are there left? That's just what we were talking about. How many? I think that there's thousands of them. I think Craster had a lot of sons, and I think that they were turning other people, and other people had deals with them too. Yeah, it's not it's not safe to assume that there's only one Craster. Yeah, well, there there was definitely more. You know, something was going on because you have, um, Mace Windu or what was his name again? <laughs> Mace Windu. <laughs> <laughs> Mance you, Raider, hey, speak, Mance Raider. Wait, speaking speaking of that, did you see that YouTube video of the Battle of Joy? No, uh, no. Where or uh, was that? What, the what Tower was that of tower? Joy. The Tower of Joy. Yeah. And they had a sword fight, and on YouTube, somebody turned their swords into lightsabers. It's amazing. Oh, okay. I'll, like I'll text it. I'll text it to you later, man. Well, anyway, what I was saying—that does sound like fun. Uh, what I was <laughs> saying is, um, you have Mance Raider was finally bringing all the wildlings together, right? And we know that yep. Mance Raider was in the Night's Watch. He said that. Yeah. So there's that disconnection. And then we have these wildlings with these powers and this history. And the way that the Night's Watch has been perverted from something that seems to have been created to, to hold back the White Walkers into something that really just became like a place to send criminals rapists so they could go out and kill wildlings indiscriminately it seemed like or then wildlings were crossing see they seemed to be able to cross the wall and kill people so it's like the wall had fell fallen into this decrepitude um and i i I just i think there's got to be some kind of connection between what was going on with the wildlings mance raider 
all that kind of stuff and why the White Walkers are now coming back. Why are they rising now? Does it have to do with like Craster and his kids? Did they have some kind of deal with the wildlings that Mance Raider stopped? You know? Is yeah, it, that's what, possible. I don't know, man. I just I, I always looked at it like, well, winter's coming. It's getting cold again, so they're gonna they're starting to make their <laughs> way down. Yeah, but, <laughs> that was the simple version, right? But it seems as though they have some kind of elemental powers and can control. Yeah, the the winter. You know, like yep, that's my whole yep. kind of theory that this whole planet is like a, um, like the children of the core of the corn, the children of the uh tr- of the forest are like the naive from um uh the dumb jim cameron biggest movie avatar avatar yeah they are that tree is their connection to the planet they live in concert with the planet they are the planet they are one with it like that is that what the children are are they the basis of everything because and even when you look at them they look like they're trees you know they're like so uh, you know what's going i don't know I just, it, it, it gets my mind racing. Uh, Wonka Donkathon on Twitter says the wall will fall. Brand's mark equal Knight's King passing through the barrier. If Brand passes through, so will White Walkers. I've heard this before. You heard this? What are they, they saying? Like, uh, it's like Lost where you kill Dogen and then you can get inside the temple kind of thing. Well, like, like yeah, Bran have- is like a kind of the Dogen of the wall and the, if he gets past them, then then they can get. Or no, no, since he no. touched him, he touched him. What he's so saying, now, now he right? Get. Exactly. He's saying that the when he touched Bran, right? Uh, if Bran carries that mark past the wall, it like ah. breaks the magic of the wall, because you would think with all of the all of the dead that they have, the army that they have. And with the powers they have that they could get past the wall pretty easily. Oh yeah. But there's some kind of magic in the wall that's stopping them. And if that's interesting, I like that. Right. And by brand, because you wonder yeah. why. And that's, and that's why I was saying with the, at the battle of Harhom, they, they made that wall seem real small because they just blew right past yep. them, you know? Yep. So that's it. That's really, that's really interesting. Um, I think that this theory is right because the mark let them get into the cave, which they could not previously cross. Right. Yep. And there had to be a reason why they didn't go for the wall yet. And it makes sense that they were waiting for this moment or they were, they were trying to find us some way to do it, that there was some kind of magic or the children were preventing them from doing it. But I think brand will figure it out. Because everybody's pointing to when John left the wall in the last episode, he said to Ed, um, don't, uh, don't let this thing fall while I'm gone. Yeah. And now everyone's saying that is, they're laying the groundwork that's foreshadowing for Bran coming through the wall and the wall falls. I don't, I think Bran's got to be smarter than that. And I, I think it might mean that Bran for the rest of this story cannot cross the wall. It's an interesting proposition. You know, that wall is massive and there's Castle Black, but there's supposedly other yeah. parts of that wall that are abandoned, right? I mean, how could they possibly watch that whole thing? 
Well, that's why I say, and that's why they even said in the show that the wildlings have make, made incursions past the wall for generations. It's not impenetrable. Yeah. So, right. there, so there has to be another reason why the White Walkers, and I think they've even mentioned that there was uh, myths that the wall was imbued with magic. I think yeah. Tyrion said that in the first season. Interesting. Um, I don't remember that, but I wouldn't. I I would not put it past him to say that. That's. And I like that theory a lot. Yeah. Nihon Bryan says, what a phenomenal and emotional episode of Game of Thrones tonight. Showrunners have my full trust now. I got to say, man, people are down on Dan and Dave, but I think they're, they, they're doing a great job. There's still some, hey, you know, the Dorn was Dorn, but I'm digging it, man. I'm digging it. Um, let's see if we got some more theory. Did you like stuff. Dorn? Did you like that whole thing? No, man. I mean, you know, I don't think it was. Well, done you know well what's what's interesting, and I was just reading this, and maybe I'm reading it wrong, but was it um, Daenerys' mom a Martell? I'm pretty sure she yeah. was. Wasn't she? Daenerys' mother? No, I don't know. I thought Daenerys. I thought that the Targaryens interbred to cap to keep the line pure. I thought but that I her mean, mother was a Targaryen. Well, because remember that. Um, uh, what's that girl's no, name? No, Rhaegar. From, from you're you're thinking of Rhaegar's wife. That's her brother. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. Her older brother. But wasn't Rhaegar's? Oh, oh, Rhaegar was her older brother. Right. That's so right. Okay. What you're talking about is a good reason why Danny and the Dornish and the Sand Snakes would get together. Exactly. They yeah. have the same reason for wanting the Lannisters out. Right, right. Which is that they their family members are the ones that died on after that war. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, we did have a uh, we'll get we had a few uh, two polls that we did that were really cool, and some of this is responding to. <coughs> um, one man conga says a little worried about the introduction of time travel. It usually spoils a good TV show, um, and then was uh when someone was saying uh, uh to combat a huss's benjamin theory he says well then he could have arrived 10 minutes earlier and saved all of them that if benjamin <laughs> does come hey you're right that's true but you know i'm just saying it would be fun you know what i'm saying it would be fun if benjamin all of a sudden um so all of a sudden jumped out and kind of saved them um, well, maybe maybe they were saying that he has to come at a specific moment and he can't come a moment earlier, you know? Yeah, yeah. That that's And then it brings into question if the Raven knew that was going to happen. You know, that's why the whole thing that he is the Raven actually starts to make sense if he knew it. You know, then he would have to let himself go at that point and see right. what happens. You know, I don't yeah. know. Um, Jack Clumpus says the reborn white walkers can see touch brand during his green scene. Could brand appear to Jon Snow at a later point in the show? Hmm. John brand could provide John guidance or warn him. He could be a tool in John's arsenal or his third eye. That's an interesting idea. If he's trapped beyond the wall, he could be kind of John's like he could. Work into, yeah, that's, that's really interesting. Wow. Um, if he can, in fact, not go beyond the wall, how is he going to get that information? You know, well, that was the other thing. The um, it, it because seems he could to go into the, the trees and go into people and see what's happening. Right. That's true, and it seems like um, 
the Three Eyed Raven, I feel like he downloaded a lot of information into him before, you know, before he died. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like I'm kind of curious. Is it going to be like where, you know, when when Jack became the new Jacob, where he just kind of knew intuitively knew a whole bunch of information or or are they going to actually like explain how he knows what he knows? Is he, are they going to see like, are we going to see flashes of different things come to him? You know? Yeah. I mean, that is the question. And a lot of people are worried and like Carrie, so are we still going to see these visions or, you know, like right. if is he, is he, can he connect to it? Does he need to go to which, and we all just want to see him cause they're cool. You know yeah. what I mean? But like, but the real question is, what forwards the story? What right, makes sense right. for the character too? What might Bran be interested in? What people may he come in contact with? Maybe he'll kind of get flashes from the people he's around, or so. Do you know what I mean? Like we don't know yeah. how this power works, right? You know, so um, that's kind of interesting. Um, you know, some people disagree that it is. Uh, John uh, Sundial Framing on Twitter says it's more like a wormhole he can see through and with the right concentration effect, more of a poltergeist than time traveler. That's interesting, but either way, he can affect the past. That's what really matters. You know what I mean? Right. Um, I had a, a good point and we, um, that I wanted to bring up, which is there was a lot of parallels to be drawn from Hodor stories and the Night King's origin stories. They're both victims of this magic. You know, and Bran too. Bran didn't mean to do what he did. Yeah, no, I. That's a good parallel. I didn't actually pick that one up, but that's that's right. I mean, yeah. You know, both of them. You have Hodor, and that's sad. And we don't know the story of this Night's King. Why is he angry? Why was he turned? How did he get out of control? Why did he turn against? Did he did he accomplish some kind of goal and wipe out a lot of men and then the, and then the children of the forest tried to kill him? You know what I mean? Like was he turned on by his gods because the, in Westeros they talk all about the seven and the gods and you right. know the faceless men and all right? Look yep. who the who's the night king's god? The children. They created them. Did they turn on them? Did they did their own god forsaken them? That's an interesting story, right? Very interesting. And and I hope that they do get to that eventually. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. I think that's uh kind of crazy. Let's see. We're hey, getting... wait, how many yeah. how many more seasons are left in this show? Five more ep- they... they say five more episodes this season, then two more seasons of seven episodes each. And that's it. That's what they say now. Huh. Interesting. Okay. Anyways, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's cool, man. I mean, I think that that does play into how much they're going to, you know what I mean? Like how it's much not a really lot of episodes do. when it comes down to it, man. I mean, they, they definitely have to start pushing forward, you yeah. know? Yeah. Another, okay. Another point. Um, Gilly will, um, I, I said on uh, Twitter, Gilly might become important because her son is Craster's son who was stolen from the white walkers. Do they, do, might they come looking for him? That, that brings up an interesting point. I mean, why did they choose Craster? Does he have something in his blood that, that helps them? 
Oh, see, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. What's special about Craster? Exactly. That's a great point. So maybe she has that. Her kid has that now. And she know? is Craster's daughter. So does oh, she have geez. that? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, wow. do they yeah. need to kidnap her because she's the only way that they can keep growing? Because she has the special ingredient, the special sauce to make a baby that can become a White Walker? Yeah. Is yeah. Craster related to the Night's King? Is that his ancestor? And that's why they can become, you know, Gilly could become important. Joe Bear agreed with me. That's a great thought. Or her, he mentioned the son. I first mentioned Gilly. Maybe they will come for him because he was supposed to be sacrificed. You know, um, let's see. Are there any, oh, Jack Clumpus brings up a great point. Um, by, by first John, um, Kansian, if I, I probably mispronounced it this time. Uh, what are the possibilities that whole Hodor will be turned into a white? Yeah, I mean, um, I think you guys mentioned it in your last podcast, we didn't actually see him die. You know, I, I thought I remember maybe seeing a blade go into his stomach or something, but we didn't see him. We didn't yeah. see him die. Or, 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 you and, know, and then Jack Clumpus wonders: Are there any giants that were turned? <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. And, and can they even be turned? They might be, you yeah. know, they're, they're different. So, yeah. And that's the end of our Twitter. We got, I mean, there was a lot of other stuff that I didn't mention, but those were some fun ones. You can hit us at small council pod on Twitter. You can email us small council pod at gmail.com. Leave us a review on iTunes, all that kind of stuff. Um, man, we got through a lot of stuff. I, I mean, it's awesome that we have this conversations and um, I really appreciate everybody like emailing us in and hitting us up on Twitter and downloading and, you know, telling people about the show because this is just we just do this for fun and uh, we love sharing it with you. Matt, do you have anything else? Do you want to you want to go deep on anything or do you want to talk about anything else that we missed? You know, we didn't talk uh, a lot about King's Landing just to no. mention. Yeah, we didn't really delve into that or, you know, uh talk about any of that, that kind of thing. That, that whole religion thing is interesting to me too, you know? Um, but I, you know what, man, honestly, and this is what I love about this show and I'm starting to really feel it now, now that I'm, I'm I've come on your show is that, um, that one of the cool things about lost was the community and, and you can have these great conversations with people about it and it makes you think, you know what I mean? And that's what I really love about the show. Yeah, definitely. I agree. And the theories and just, you know, I mean, I know sometimes I'll be talking to my wife or, or Aaron or some random person. They'll be like, gosh, you spend a lot of time thinking about Game of Thrones. <laughs> it's like, well, you know what? It's almost like a puzzle. And I do think and I hope and this last episode maybe is that indication. You know, a lot of people did drop off last year, man. And a lot of people, a lot of think pieces were written about the inevitable negativeness of game of thrones right and the inevitable death of all the starks and death of all that we love and this season we're seeing a lot of rebirth we're seeing a lot of growth we're seeing some positive movement you know and i hope that the show goes with that i hope that we do i know that this is supposed to be a grim fairy tale but I hope that we do like Lost in the end, we do see that what these characters in this world is about is about people fighting for love and fighting for trust and fighting 
for family and friends and, you know, and love, man. Love is what it's about, dude. <laughs> well, you know, dude, there's going to be more people that are going to die before the season's over. So <laughs> it's going to happen. I know. And I'll be happy when they do. Right. <laughs> and I'll be like, fuck love, death. <laughs> All right. Well, Matt, thank you so much for coming on the show, buddy. Um, how can people, are you on Twitter still? No, I got out of the Twitter game a while back. Same with Facebook. I'm I'm pretty much just on Instagram. So, yeah, that's okay. really the only way you can connect with me if you were interested. But, uh, but yeah, man, uh, I'd love to come back on again. If you guys want to have me, uh, give me a call and I'll I'll come back on anytime. I had oh, a lot of fun. Awesome. Do you want to hit people up with your Instagram, or are you keeping it secret, secret solo style? No, it's not secret. Um, it's uh. See, I always forget how to spell it. I have to look at it. <laughs> it's um, it's the word ciao, like you know, like in Italian. Yeah. Um, C I A O and Matthew. All right. Two cool. T's. Ciao, That's it. Ciao, Matthew. And you put up like beautiful shots of Hawaii and stuff. Yep. Lots of pictures of turtles and waves and rainbows and geckos and every now and then I'll post a picture of me with a lost actor. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I dig That's it. That's pretty man. much it. Yeah, I dig it. All right. Well, this has been a great show. Definitely. We'd love to have you come back again. I'm glad that Donald hooked this up and thanks for your thoughts. And again, thanks for everybody's thoughts and feedback. And we're going to do this thing in a couple of days. You know, I kind of like doing the podcast on a Friday. They always say, I was listening to another podcast and they were like, you know, the one rule of podcasts is you never release a podcast on Friday night or Saturday morning. And I was like, yeah, that's when we're releasing, uh, that's when we keep on releasing the feedback podcast. <laughs> but I figure, hey, people have to walk the dog and do dishes and take a drive on the weekend. And I, I like listening to podcasts on the weekend. And I find that there a lot of people don't put them out on the weekend. Um, I know Matt puts out the West, uh, West Wing podcast on Sunday. And I always liked that it came out on Sunday. So I kind of like the uh, Saturday deal. But we're sticking with it this week. Nice, man. I'm down with it. All right. Well, thanks again, everybody. Uh, at small council pod, small council pod at gmail.com. Hit us up. Talk to us. We got another episode coming in two days. It should be pretty fun. And we will be recording a new episode that night. Um, next week, I think we're going to try to have Tracy come on on the feedback episode and on Sunday I know Mike won't be with us because Mike's getting married so hit him up at fifth column film on Twitter and say uh, congratulations he's getting married a week from today so next Friday he's getting married so congratulations Mike and Morgan that's going to be awesome we're out of here Dara Gailey's you're listening to the small council a game of thrones podcast Find us on Twitter at Small Council Pod. Email us at smallcouncilpod at gmail.com. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.